Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome everybody to the Animation Station Podcast. My name is Josh, and today we're going to be talking about the webcomic Project Divider. And joining me, I have two very special guests. Guests. Plural guests. Not a single guest. Uh, guests. Uh, I have Mitch and Kyle from Project Divider. How are you guys doing? Hey, thanks for having us. Doing good. <laughs> doing good. Oh man, yeah. See, I can't talk. It's uh, yeah. It's uh, that's the way Josh suffers. Is words. Like, words are hard. <laughs> they are. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Oh no problem. Thanks. Thanks for agreeing to come on. Um, of course. Now, uh, before before we kind of get into jump into it, um, I found you guys because I I, I think I was looking for because we we started playing Starfinder, which is like Dungeons and Dragons in space. Um, right. I was looking for character concept art because I was like, all right, so it's space themed, so I need something for my character. So I was like looking through Instagram, and I just happened to see your stuff. I was like, you know what? This is all pretty cool. Like looking through, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a web comic on Webtoon. I do a lot of stuff with Webtoon. Let's get him on. And <laughs> that's kind of how I found you guys. And and you've got a uh, you've got some chapters up on Webtoon now. And I don't know where the story is going, but <laughs> I'm I'm digging it so far. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear. Hey, thanks a lot. I mean, that means a lot. Yeah, I wasn't sure how some people find us. I'm always, I'm always curious. That's that's really cool. I, I think a lot of people have been like, um, they think we're doing like a like a video game or something. So I always feel bad when they're like, <laughs> well, that's that's what I me? thought too. I was like, man, they must be doing some sort of game. And then it was like webtoon. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. I we do love video games we grew up playing a lot of rpgs and stuff so i'm sure the influences are definitely there <laughs> uh okay so let's kind of let's kind of go ahead and start so um can you guys tell us about yourselves and let's start with uh being an only child i don't know the 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 hardships of these so let's start with uh let's start with the youngest so right <laughs> yeah so um we grew up in uh Canada, but we were we were born in Ontario, but we basically grew up in Vancouver most of our lives, and um, pretty much just we were two brothers growing up with uh, probably like a lot of other people who really liked anime and video games. Um, but when we were growing up, uh, it, there wasn't too much of it, so any little bit we could get, we were really excited to um, have. And Kyle and I just kind of bonded over that, um, even if. We weren't super close when we were younger. We always had that kind of aspect of like video games like Final Fantasy or Capcom games like Marvel versus Capcom that just always kind of brought us together. So media like anime and manga has just kind of always been a part of our lives. And um, from there, we kind of just started uh, as we got older playing and <laughs> reading a lot of stuff and then years went by and we thought hey we really need to make a comic one day <laughs> and we, um, yeah we, we both worked at the same job for a little bit in the last five years and um, we just it gave us an opportunity to see each other every day when we had come out of school and just really develop uh, characters in a world and the rest now is just kind of the path we've been on, which is hopefully making a comic that people enjoy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so Kyle, uh, what was it like uh, growing up with Mitch? Do did you did you, oh. did you did you enjoy that, or was it just like a constant struggle? He loved ah. it. <laughs> I did. I did love it. Of course. I think. Was hesitation? <laughs> I think, well, he finally gets an outlet to think about it. <laughs> you know, Mitch Mitch and I had a pretty I, I would say regular brother dynamic, but I guess that's also just my experience. But you know, Mitch was annoying and I would I would beat him up a bit. And my parents would get mad and they'd be like, Don't don't hit your little brother, you can't do that and I'd be like, Oh, but you know, he he told he he said that to me, so I did it and it was I always felt so justified. But I think Mitch was just playing me and my parents are blissfully unaware. 
So anytime that I could get him in trouble and not be a part of it, it was it was the best. So for a while, that was it. That was the dynamic. Like, what can I do to make sure yeah. that they know Mitch did this? Nothing has changed. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I would say in, in the long run, I mean, into being the young adults that we are, it's something I'm very happy happened. I I always have been an older brother. And I, I usually joke with Mitch because I'm three years older. I'm like, oh, you know, one to three were the best years of my life before you showed up. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> but we are we are great friends. And I, I'm super fortunate to be able to work with Mitch on the comic. It is something that a lot of people talk about. And they message us and say, like, oh, it's so cool that you're brothers. And I think, wow, I guess I don't think Mitch is cool. So it's nice that you... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man! Well, I, I opened up a can of worms yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't no, but we, like we love teasing each other. It's a kind of brotherly, brotherly love, I guess. <laughs> uh, so like much that. brotherly love that uh, Michi went to Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I need to get, I need to get farther away. It, can an ocean separate us? Yeah, I think an ocean can separate us. <laughs> No, that, that, I mean, that's, that's the story of Project Divider. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's uh, where we are where divided. The comes from. That's where the divider comes. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first person to make these jokes. I remember when I first went to Tokyo, people said, "I guess you guys really are having a divided project now." And I went, "Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah." Oh, glad I'm not the first. <laughs> Even though you could have let me have it, but you know, whatever. I mean, I'm sorry. I just, I just brought. You I mean, on. no, yours is good. I just brought I... you on my show, but you know, whatever. <laughs> no, yours is great. Yours is the best one. Oh, thank you. Uh, okay, <laughs> I try. <laughs> um, so, so you guys, uh, so you're into the into the anime, the manga, like all that fun stuff growing up. So, what were what were your jams growing up? Oh, Mitch, you um, mind if I start this one? Yeah, go for it. So growing up, it was actually not so much anime. I was into cartoons. Uh, it was, I was actually writing this list out earlier, like Biker Mice from Mars. Oh, yes, Cats, Biker Samurai Mice from Mars was Cats. so dope. Yeah, and the 1980 and 90s Transformers and X-Men, Amazing Spider-Man, all of that. I loved it. And then I was maybe ooh, six or seven when I first saw Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball. And I just, I was like, wait a second. Why do these look so good? The backgrounds actually move, and the characters don't look awkward. Even as a kid, I can really notice that, like, wow, this is just much better. And that really set me down the path of like constantly looking for animation. I remember we had a we had a TV show or a TV station here on Channel Fifty called Teletoon, and after nine or ten p.m., they would put on like mature stuff, and it was always anime. And I would stay up late watch that as much as I could. It was the best. See, that's yeah. awesome, because, like, we had Toonami, so we would get it during the day. But it was always, oh. like, from, like, usually, like, 3 to 5, and that was it. Uh, so you would get it from, like, 3 to 5, so you'd get, like, <clears throat> four different shows. Um, but it was always, like, kind of tame. And then they were like, let's do Toonami After Dark at 10 p.m., because they're like, oh, we can get away with anything. It's cable. Um, so then they would pop that on and then it would be more mature. So like, then you would get like your hardcore Gundam wing where they can actually semi swear and say ass. Yeah. And you're like, Oh my goodness. <gasps> he said, what? Oh my God. Like, yeah. the, like the first time I like, I really remember it being anything like consequential was like watching Inuyasha and Inuyasha's calling people <clears> bastards. <throat> and I was like, yeah, oh, little like nine year old Josh is sitting there like, Oh, he said bastard. Exactly. Yeah, I remember that exact moment with Inuyas. I was like, "Whoa, this is so much better after dark." Like, oh yeah, no, similar to Kyle, but mostly for me, it was like just as much anime as I could find when I was younger. Anything I could like curate that was like anime related. Um, but yeah, growing up in like Inuyasha, things like that was uh, really just such a part of my childhood. It's kind of weird to look back at it now and be like, how is this this old? Wait, how am I this old now? <laughs> don't, don't get me started, man. <laughs> but, um, yeah, kind of similar, I think. We used to have um, animation after night. You know, one of the weird things is is that um, our dad was really supportive of the fact that, like, hey, you guys should watch 
anime and stuff like that. It looks cool. But he didn't know anything about it. So when we were like 12 or 13, and I won't go into too much detail, but he rented a bunch of um, VHS animes, which oh, was like yeah. Berserk. I'm, and I'm sure that would have <laughs> well. Oh, yeah. He would have invented Berserk. I don't know if you're familiar with mm. the, that. Um, and like Ghost in the Shell and like Akira, the movie. And a 13 year old Mitch and Kyle probably shouldn't have watched that because it was kind of like, oh, it's really heavy. But um, yeah, the anime and stuff like that's always been a big part of our life. But I would say the predominant ones growing up was definitely like Gundam Wing, Inuyasha. I'm a really big Mega Man fan, so anything to do with Mega Man is, I'm totally fine with. Yeah, Dragon Ball for sure. I think we all loved Dragon Ball growing up. That's why it's so like great to see it back again. I agree. But, uh, um, real quick, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to uh, do something weird for this. Um, one of my friends, Harold, <clears> just <throat> sent me a text message, and he's like, "Holla at me if you do a Gundam Wing or Outlaw Star episode." And I'm like, "Bro, <laughs> you were on the Outlaw Star episode that we did." So this is for you, Harold, because I know you're listening. Because you listen to this stupid show, you were on an Outlaw Star episode. What? Remember the things that you're on. He must not have cared. <laughs> <laughs> That's so like, cool, oh, though. Know, but do another one, Mike. I'm not gonna do two. People, people only want one. Ugh, it's like we are, we already did one. Like they didn't even want the first one. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Gundam Wing was so great. Oh yeah, that's uh, we're doing Nostalgia November, and Gundam Wing goes in Nostalgia November. Excellent. It'll be oh. a, that'll be a whole thing. Excellent. I I am excited for that episode already. That was one of those we watched it. Uh, they they played Endless Waltz at the Tower Theater here in Oklahoma, and like on the big screen dubbed, and listening to it dubbed after I because I remember watching it on. Tsunami, like when they put it on so watching it mm-hmm. now like watching it again dubbed i'm sitting there and i'm like wow this voice acting was a thing <laughs> oh, no <laughs> i do yeah like, my, like, my um oh sorry uh, was like, there's a part when heroes like there's this little girl she was like mister are you alone and he's like i've been alone my entire life and i'm like what the <laughs> heck was that you broody tank top wearing loser. I was like, what is this crap? It was you know so exactly bad. Exactly what moment you're talking about. So oh bad. man. That's so like bad, um, <clears throat> my girlfriend is uh, Japanese, so she about it. um like we've been together for quite a while and we've we watch anime because she likes it as well, but she's really familiar with the Japanese dub because that's what she kinda grew up with. So whenever we watched it in English, she would be like, Oh, oh no and i was like what's wrong she's like have you listened to it now i'm like i used to love it as a kid and then you listen to it again you're like oh wow that's definitely uh different yeah but uh you know it's a creative direction but i guess it was just like at that time they just didn't um have like the high caliber of voice acting they have today like it's really changed a lot yeah like um yeah like in in that in that (laughs) In the first episode of Gundam Wing, because I've started a rewatch for the episode, I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and I'm like, this this one actor, Kirby Mara, who I think plays Katra, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there and I'm like, cause he's also Moroku in Inuyasha. Yeah. And he was the That's original right. Goku in like the Blue Ocean oh, Dragon yeah, Ball Z. Yeah. So I'm sitting here watching him and I'm like, wait. I know, that's Kirby Morrow's voice. And then he's literally the shuttle pilot that says something and then it explodes. And then it cuts and he's working with Oz. And I'm like, wait, that's the, that, was, that was a bad editorial choice. <laughs> and then like three people talk and he's another character. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, surely you could have gotten an intern or something to you know, just be like, hey, can you can you say like three words? Like, no. <laughs> it's just like all him is like, wow, the whole entire organization is just this one guy. That's pretty cool. It's, yeah. Uh, exactly. I remember remembering, uh, because I'm a big Gundam fan, and I remember trying to watch the original um, Gundam 79, and 
I mean, I couldn't, I mean, I'll just be honest, I, I couldn't do it. But uh, the voice acting, I think there's a part where, like, there's a guy named Rambo Rao. I think it's become, like, a meme now, so everyone knows it. But he just, like, falls from a Gundam. And then, like, I guess in the Japanese dub, he's kind of like, I gotta do this for my people. But in English, he's, like, in the middle of a battle, Rambo Rao forgot to fight. <laughs> he's the guy who explodes. <laughs> it's, like, it's really my- weird. My favorite part about that is that later on in um, like the Gundam Dynasty Warriors franchise, that's his phrase for dying. And so if Rambo yeah. dies a whole bunch, you hear it constantly. Yeah, that's it's a, awesome. it's it's a great it's a great line. Oh man. <laughs> oh jeez, all those good animes. Like growing up, growing up watching animes. Like like people or anime. Uh, people like kids now where they got like the Funimations and all those dubs and everything. They got all kinds of like they have access to everything. They can watch it on Crunchyroll. They can watch it whenever, wherever they want. Like when I was growing up, was like, yeah, you may be able to find a VHS copy. At oh a yeah, maybe if you're lucky. And then you're not even going to get the whole series. Like, I got, like, six six VHS copies. This is how bad it was. I went to a Star Trek convention, got six VHS copies of Neon Genesis Evangelion, and then it was just, like, done. But, like, wait, but how does it end? You'll never know because you'll <laughs> never get more VHS copies. <laughs> oh, no. my goodness. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it was like. So it's interesting to hear it's the same for you, is that there just wasn't anything that's why when everything comes out so much today you're like whoa you guys are so lucky before you're like watching like bootleg things mm-hmm. the yellow subtitles trying to be oh, like God, i think i know who that is <laughs> yellow subtitles are the worst like it's like because they're all like they're all so small and it's just like flashy <laughs> yellow and you're like i can't i can't read any of this and half yeah. the time it just stops it's just like like those bootleg ones, you're just like blah blah blah. They're just going and going and going, and your screen hasn't moved, and you're like, "Wait, what? I, I'm missing dialogue tree here. Could someone bring yeah. that back?" There's no context. <laughs> What's happening? Who are you? <laughs> oh man. So, so what were you guys playing? Ooh. Um, growing up, like what uh, was? Because I'm sure there's some sort of, uh, and we'll talk about the comic maybe at some point. Uh, no, no, it's fine. Uh, so, like, I'm sure there's some sort of... Uh, I don't know where I was going with that question. Screw it. So what were you guys playing? Um, we played a lot of, like, JRPGs growing up. That was kind of, like, the thing that we played. So, like, Chrono Trigger um, games, like, all the Final Fantasies, and Capcom probably being, like, one of the bigger influences i guess for me drawing specifically because i just love all their franchises like breath of fire and street fighter and stuff like that yeah. so those are probably the really big ones for us all the games that were a little too hard to find which drove our parents crazy growing up because we're like we want marvel versus capcom and they're like what is that <laughs> you know it. like I distinctly remember my parents were super against us having a game console, so I wasn't allowed to have a SNES, and I wasn't allowed to have a Genesis. And finally, my grandpa out of nowhere, who I like, I have never really had a conversation with, sent me a PS1 with Chrono Cross and Final Fantasy VII on it. And nice. thousands of hours of my life just went into those games. Yeah. And, and then ne- yes. and your parents never spoke to that grandparent ever. Again. <laughs> Basically, yeah. He was like, what have you done? And then, you know, I, I so I must have got that when I was like, well, I don't know, eleven or twelve, somewhere around there. So I was able to make a little bit of money like cutting lawns or doing odd stuff around the house. And I would just go out of my way to buy games that I had played a friend's house or something. So it was always an RPG, something that would give me so many hours of enjoyment mm-hmm. versus like that or or a fighting game but uh, always one of the two um, yeah like i can't i can't play rpgs anymore man i just don't have the time like i've had yeah, right? final fantasy 15 just sitting there and i'm like i want to go on cool you know j-pop band with uh <laughs> you know driving in a car i want to do that but i'm just like i can't i don't have the time it's a commitment now, and and especially as an adult, you know, you can't just sit down for seven or eight hours and 
every day and do that. So you're like, oh, I just want something casual, and RPGs are the the worst for casual gaming. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Feels so pointless to put a half hour in. You're like, cool. I fought six battles and ran across the map. Yeah, they are definitely like a big commitment now. It's upsetting. Like that's why I can't do the Pokemon games either. Like I don't know how many times I've bought a 3DS, thinking, you know what, I'm gonna finally play a Pokemon game, and then just like ended up trading it in and buying another one like three <laughs> months down the road. Be like, okay, I finally have time to play, but just never playing the stupid thing. Yeah, so, uh, I'm. I yeah, like it, back when I was a kid, it was like, yeah, man, I'll just sit for hours and just until my uh my little light on my uh, on my game boy starts going red then i'm like all right gotta gotta swap those batteries out (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's really weird today when you think back and i'm like how did i commit so much time because you had uh... nothing else to do (laughs) yeah it's true it's true, yeah. Especially Pokemon games, they're like they're definitely a commitment because you got to get all the shiny Pokemon. You know, I love the Pokemon anime, the original one, and the games. Same thing. I just could never play them. I was like, man, I just don't care enough. And I know they're great. See people play them, and I'm just like, man, I just can't. I, I don't want to catch thirteen Pidgeotos. <laughs> well, it's it's like it's like, and the game and the anime are com- two completely different things. Because you're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that Pikachu used a thunder attack and hit a sprinkler, and that defeated Onyx. And like, is there a sprinkler for me to for me to hit with the Pikachu yeah, yeah. that I obviously don't have? Because like, like, why is Pikachu invincible? <laughs> yeah, it's like, why is Pikachu dies. the strongest? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, for sure. Just be like that one gym where like Ash is is just like a nice guy, and they give him a patch. I don't want to fight anybody. Can I just be like a nice dude and just he's like walked up. Your Pokemon are really strong. Can I just have a badge, please? And the gym trainer's like, Yeah, okay. He's walked up there, and they're like, Wow, you know, you made that whole travel here. I mean, just take it. I mean, I I would love for them to put that in the new game. Like, just like, all right, here you go. Like, oh, thanks. It's like, yeah, we're going out of business. I'm, I'm tired of, I'm tired of fighting. So you can just have this. But like, cool. Yeah, we can't. Oh, bye. Yeah, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Oh man. Uh, so let's actually go Project Divider now, because we've we've okay. talked a while. Um, sure. So uh, I've not read any of it. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um. So. We've released released the first um, 40 pages of the chapter, which was something that, um, like, Kyle and I have been making it for quite a while, and the first chapter, which was, like, the zero chapter, kind of a prologue, was more of, like, a, I guess, cinematic chapter. And so, kind of in this, what we're trying to show is more or less the environment of the world and kind of trying to build up the characters. So a lot of people, when they first read it, um, I think some people liked it. Some people were a bit lost and that's kind of, we were hoping to kind of put the reader in a situation where they felt like, I don't know who these characters are, but I want to know what's happening. So um, yeah, in terms of the story itself, it's a dual narrative story. Um, So what we kind of hope to do is through the chapters continuing on, we're going to show two different types of perspective. Um, So if you go to like our Instagram and you see we have like characters in blue and characters in black, kind of techware style looking thing. And um, a lot of people ask us about that. And essentially it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like without, I guess, spoiling the plot, Kyle, how would you put it? There's like two worlds in a way. Yeah. Okay, and so there's an overarching theme. It, those are both things that are in the comic, absolutely. Uh, I got it written down because I think it's easier to read it this way. Um, so we've got a blend of two narratives between our protagonists, Carlisle and Jasper. And we wanted to show them off right at the end of the chapter. And we made a really risky decision just having two people when we opened the chapter who they are definitely important to the story and know they're not dead so anybody listening to this like that i've answered it a bunch but no they're not dead yet <laughs> yeah they're not dead yet right well 
<laughs> in the original drafts, I killed a lot of people off in the first chapter, and Mitch is like, you know, like, I don't think that's how we should start this. Just killing a bunch of people? Like, oh, you, you don't think so, huh? Because that's pretty easy for me to do. <laughs> so, so what we're what we're trying to do is tell a story of two worlds blending together at odds with each other, and one of them is a lot more of a fantasy setting, like a world untamed by man, and another world is the opposite, a world much more uh, tamed by man, much more developed. And seeing, uh, in a weird way, as a writer, just I've got the idea, so I let how I see it happening unfold and then mm-hmm. I decide what characters are doing in certain situations and I'm most curious and, and most excited to write about seeing those two worlds collide and and how the the politics of one world interacts with another or how the armies of one world because I'm sure you've noticed we've got a faction with the blue jackets who all have swords or some type of melee weapon and then we've got the other faction who have guns and yeah. it's, I think it's going to be really cool. I like it. I mean, I've been working on the story for about three years with Mitch now. So it's a pretty developed world. In a lot of ways, it's it's like the, um, the D&D campaign you're talking about taking place in space. Ours just takes place across two different worlds. And sometimes when I'm making a decision for the plot, I will just roll a die and be like, okay, so like, ooh, critical miss, that's not good for you. <laughs> Yeah, I think like it's um like it kind of started as a passion project for us. Like the whole thing was just kind of like this is our first comic we're making together and um we kind of just we love things like Lord of the Rings and uh you know um obviously Game of Thrones and Star Trek and everything like that and we we really just wanted to try our hand at making a um just like a kind of sci-fi story that has I guess as best as we can do it, like, real characters. Like, uh, we read a lot of comics like Watchmen and um, Beaver Vendetta, and I think, like, to the two of us, that really kind of propelled us in a direction of being, like, there's a way to tell something serious through, like, an artistic medium. So I think, like, there's definitely going to be some things here and there since we haven't done it before that are going to be, like, are you sure about that? But, um yeah, our hope is to kind of tell this story, which is like the general theme is why is there another world? Why is this kind of thing happening? Why aren't people knowing about it? Both sides from these different perspectives are going to start realizing, like, why does this exist? Why are people kind of having dreams that are interconnected to other people? Whenever I explain it, I'm always like, oh, man, this is like some huge sci-fi journey. And it's like people are like, what's going on? Oh, no, see, that's great, man. Like, I like love sci-fi. So like everything that you're saying, I'm like, I'm absorbing. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so good. Oh, Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, because we like we knew that we could just write a um, like a very standard story which i think is great i think those are probably the most successful but i think kyle and i just we really wanted to share something that was like from the heart from both of us which was like we love sci-fi i i have like a thing where like movies like interstellar things like that it just really resonates with me so i just um yeah i really love the concept of like the unknown and like space and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. i always just kind of thought that was like we got to we got to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Then after that's done, then we can write Naruto or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think you just be like, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> like Leo wants to become Hokage, and then there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I will say, like Leo was the one that I did choose for the campaign because I was like, oh, excellent. I like, I like that type of concept. That you know, uh, almost like oversized coat like thing, like a like an iron blooded orphans type of deal. So yeah, I was like, I love the that oversized coat, and then like, uh, I think that there's that like promo pic of like him like his like the majority of his face is covered up in the in the coat. That's the one that I have for my uh, for the <laughs> like. That's the one I want. That's, that's the perfect awesome. One. That's great. But I will well, say, I, sorry. You'll be having that Leo does play a very important part in the story. I'm quite fond of him myself. So. That's awesome. I will say though. Um, I don't feel good for for the blue coats, only because like there's like fifty of them that you've introduced. Like, and your, and your Instagram is like fifty blue coats, and there's like 
five of the black coats, and I'm like, mm, I think these black coats are going to be probably more important. And then you're like, oh no, we have a hundred and fifty of these blues. And you're like, oh, that's done. Those those odds aren't looking good. It's like we got the like the blue the blue coats are the survey corps, and you're like, oh no, I know how that works for them. Oh yeah, yeah it was we get a lot of that of people saying like, oh, is this Attack on Titan? Is this an Attack on Titan fan fiction? And it's like, no, <laughs> it's not. But I love the concept um, of Attack on Titan, just people fighting giant monsters, you know, both figuratively and metaphysically. So that's something that definitely is in the comic. The the blue coats do have a bit of a rougher time with that. The th- yeah, the thing about it that was kind of weird is like. Um... And I, I like for, because we get asked that a lot, and it's only like I didn't realize it after we started making. It, I was like, oh shoot, you know, I guess that is kind of like that. But um, working in construction for several years, like a lot of the stuff that we've drawn for the characters is pretty much inspired by that. So like we wore a lot of like harnesses and stuff, and like we had air compressors with like staplers and nailers. And I always just would tell Kyle when we're working, like, dude, what if this was a sword? And he'd be like, oh, yeah, what if that was a sword? And then someone's like, you guys gotta get back to work. So um, like, We are working. We're future yeah, this, <laughs> We're yeah, crafting the world. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, there is definitely, um, there's definitely conflict between the two. There's actually another group of people who we haven't um, introduced yet. And... Um, <laughs> red coats. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with like Resident Evil at all, but um, yeah, are, you gonna have, are you gonna have an umbrella type of thing? It and not like a hundred percent, but we're definitely kind of inspired by the concept of like um, the idea of like a like another company. organization, kind of like pulling the strings exactly. in a like way, because like power esque type of thing. Yeah, because that's the uh, the issue with the story. So when we were writing the synopsis for it, we're like, okay, either we give it away a hundred percent or not. And I look, I try to read as many things as Kyle. Like, we got to see like all these like crazy sci-fi stories. How the heck did they write their synopsis? And I read like, you know, uh, something like Ender's Game or something like uh, Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings, and the synopsis is like, it's a journey. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, so. That's kind of why in the first chapter, why we put in, um, there's like an interconnected dream is, uh, yeah, that was kind of like, it's not actually a dream. And we're kind of hoping as the chapters go on, people start to see that aspect of it when we start introducing like this other perspective, um, which I think is going to kind of be difficult to work with writing two stories at once, but we're hoping it kind of blends together well. <laughs> nice. Sorry I will for say, the I, I, just, I just pulled your Insta, um, and I'm looking at it here, and I'm like, you know what? Oh no! Oh no! 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 It's it's good. It's just uh, <laughs> no. I'm looking. I'm like, huh? I, I just noticed like the big P and the big D, like the red P and D, like on top of the on top of the blue boys, and I'm like, they're all cops. <laughs> they look like future cops. <laughs> um, oh no! You've discovered uh, the plot. <laughs> They're all just policing the the new world. I will say, like, I, I I do like the fact that all of your characters are all different. Like, none of your mm. characters look the same, and you have a wide variety of characters. Yeah, that that's yeah. what I do like. They're not all just a bunch of you know, uh, just like white boys running around playing swords. Like, you've got a, a lot of different characters in here. Like they they all look super duper cool. Well, thank oh, thanks you. a lot. No, yeah, um, we yeah, carry on. All all different ethnicities and everything, uh, different genders because there's uh, uh oh what what's the what's the maroon per- person that's uh what 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 is their oh, name? Sick. Sorry. Oh, uh, with the with the like kind of reddish. Yeah. Hair? Oh, there they yep. yeah. Uh, sin. Yeah. yeah. So I like that. Yeah. I like the it's uh like zin is there or sin is mm-hmm. there because like they're like i guess they don't have any sort of uh gender defined yeah mm-hmm. that's right I, so they're that's awesome yeah oh. we um we grew up in a really multicultural society so so not and, oklahoma uh, 
<laughs> I don't, I don't know, about, but yeah, <laughs> I'm not too sure about Oklahoma, but um, for us growing up, just um, I guess being immersed with other cultures was just kind of a part of our life, and um, it never became something to us that we looked at it as a conscious thing. So when it came to making characters. I think, like, our goal between Kyle and I is we, we just want to make characters that people can maybe identify with or relate to without it feeling forced. We we want it to just be kind of like a natural thing, and um, we that's kind of why every single time we make a character, we kind of just, you know, discuss a bit of their personality, because when we were working in construction, we met, and just like our lives, we've met so many dynamic people. Like, we have a character named Ash who has a chronic illness, yet she's, like, really positive and Kyle and I have met you know many people like that who suffer with something in their lives but they are somehow more happy than like I am for instance so we really want to try to show that in our comic is like making realistic characters that can kind of um, don't just feel like very like anime we want to kind of show people that like they have that human side of it and Kyle studied um, a lot of creative writing and everything in school so I think his influences definitely bleed into that with how he writes characters. Well, you know, I, I think back to a conversation Mitch and I had about a year ago when we were actually designing um, Kiefer and Sin at the same time. And we were trying we were trying to figure out how to make them unique. And, and Sin, like you were talking about, kind of not having a gender and being that was really something, um, without giving their name away, one of our closest friends has, has gone through that transformation. And we thought about it. We were like, hey, you know, like, Maybe maybe that's something we can throw in here. You know, we have the opportunity to talk with someone we know really well. So why wouldn't that be in there? And and Mitch said to me, he's like, you know, I don't I don't think people really care what race a character is. They really just care if that character looks cool. Yes. And so <laughs> that's something we've really been trying to do. And, and I always give my my credit to Mitch is that he's able to come up with these characters that I think they do. They look very different. It's like a very wide array of characters, multicultural and everything, but they all look cool. They all look into that same universe, and I just I love it. I oh, it's like, nice. Oh, it's true. It. It's, it's not easy, and and something that I critique a lot of manga and comics I read are like, oh, it's like this is you know your classic character who's just cool, strong white guy and does everything, and and to me that's a really boring trope. I don't want to see it. I I think back to the more interesting characters, like when I was playing FF7, I always thought Barrett was the coolest character. I mean, he had a freaking machine gun hand, mm -hmm. and he's got this orphan daughter. He's just such a dynamic character. I wanted to write people like that into a story, and yeah. I never really considered that until we started it, that that's something that a lot of the audience is looking for, too. It's, yeah, it's very surprising. Like We've always just kind of said, like, you know, we've never done this to be like, oh, we hope we get popular. Oh, I hope I make all this diverse and people care. Like, it's always just been like, we we really wanted to do something, you know. <laughs> I just really wanted to do something with Kyle before it was, like, too late. And I think that's what creating this comic has always been, just like a, like a passion project between the two of us. And the fact that anybody reads it or looks at it, like, that's why I always try to respond to comments or something, because I just think it's so amazing that anyone would take the time to just like look at it and and say something about it i think yeah. it's really really special and um and anybody ever tells me like oh i really like this character i can see myself in them and to me that just is like incredibly um amazing to hear because yeah i just would never have thought just some guy doodling away and <laughs> Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, sorry for my tangent. <laughs> uh, not like I said, not that. And honestly, that's not really a tangent. That's more <laughs> of a, a thing, a thing. Kind of <laughs> and, and so, without giving away too much of the, of the plot here, but um, for, for no, the characters, okay. I'll, I'll let you spoil it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> characters in the blue court and the blue coats who are on a a different world, we'll say. Um, it's. It's a society, so Mitch and I, like, designing diverse characters, we were like, okay, well, well, how do we have all these diverse characters interact with each other? And so the way we went about it is it's a society that's, you know, it's not a city like anything on Earth. So the idea of, like, people being racist 
doesn't exist. And just knowing that as like the background for their motivation and their characters that made it really easy to design them because it's not about writing somebody with a, a struggle of their ethnicity or something because in that universe that idea and that struggle doesn't exist so we, we literally just make everybody do really cool stuff and it seems to work out yeah and you've got and you've got different things for like different characters like uh like you mentioned with uh ash and then uh like whatever's going on with uh uh, oh god, I, I got his name. I remember his name. Uh, Scar. Well, like, Sorry, or, so like whatever's going on with Scar. Like, yeah. know, it was like I like I don't have that much time or something like that. And I'm like, is this is this bro like breaking apart? Like, um, <laughs> yeah, like, that's... I'm confused. Like, what's going on with him? That's the plot device. I think when people read the next few chapters, when they go back and they look at some of the images he put in, a lot of it actually kind of gives it away. Um, one thing I also wanted to note on was like the characters and kind of the black clothing while they look very different is um, kind of like what Kyle and I wrote is their perspective kind of takes place in maybe a world kind of like ours today, but more like kind of, I guess if I could say anything, like kind of Blade Runner-esque. So a lot of so, like, their... Steampunky and... Yeah, and really kinda... dirty and sweaty because that's like all Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's just like a bad place to be and essentially they're faced with much more kind of like human struggles so that's kind of the juxtaposition we want to show is people who are living in a society that kind of has been you know um taken away from like normal roles that you would normally have opposed to a, a city or a world that has those in place so we're kind of hoping to show those different perspectives like how would somebody act if they didn't know what like a sexuality was and i it's a yeah so i think that's very influenced by sci-fi and that's kind of what we're trying to show is um yeah i guess like the different perspective is like a human mind going into it whenever i say it i was like oh it's so crazy like (laughs) this big story (laughs) so so i've kind of been uh while you guys have been talking i've been kind of wondering like so what made you guys now decide that you wanted to do Project Divider. Oh, do you mind if I start this one, Mitch? No, go for it. Okay, so, you know, Mitch has touched on a few times that we worked in construction together. Uh, the, the truth is, we, my dad's a carpenter, and Mitch and I ended up working with him for a little bit, and then we started a business together. And we're, you know, decently successful. We were able to pay our bills, and Mitch was able to save up and travel to Japan. So I, I would say successful, but the whole time we were doing it, neither one of us was really happy. Mm-hmm. And and we would talk about that, like Mitch touched on, designing stuff while we were at work and things like that. And when we finally started hammering out Project Divider and the idea of a comic became a little bit more of a reality to us, like, hey, this is something we could do, it, it became kind of cliche, but I realized, you know, we have this dream and we're fortunate enough to both share that we want to make a comic together and we both want to make something cool and interesting. And I was able to pitch Mitch ideas and he would you know bring them back to me with a little bit of a twist or say like yeah that's great and it ultimately was born out of like being really unhappy and being able to now with you know the magic of the internet it's a creator's market it's a creator's world and if Mm -hmm. you're passionate enough to do something I think people respond to it yeah it's uh yeah like on that note like we just you know we both especially me it's just kind of a point in my life where um, I wasn't like the happiest. I didn't really have a direction, not to make it all sad and gloomy, but art has always been kind of a part of my life. And I finally, like four years ago, was just like, I really need to just do something. Like I really just need to to put myself out there. And if I fail, I fail, but I just, I really got to do it for myself. And mm. when we were working, Kyle and I just, it was just every moment I got to think about it, I just could talk to him and it was just a really great opportunity for him and I to be brought together as like friends again and for us to do it. And, you know, even now being like across the country, we can still connect and talk about it. So, um, you know, I would say the, the real moment I realized like, Hey, you know what, we are going to try and write this comic. Like it's not just something we're talking about was when Mitch was 
you know, he's drawing in, in paper for the longest time. And we would just have storyboards and things like that in this big art book. And finally, he's like, you know, man, I, I think I think I need to try doing digital art. I never tried, but I think I need to get a tablet, done some research. Um, do, you guys, do you guys have Craigslist in Oklahoma? Yes. Yeah, yeah course, I think yeah. everybody. Right. And so we were on Craigslist and he found a Cintiq tablet from this guy that was like about half price. And so we drove out to a city that was about an hour away to buy from this guy. And he's having this conversation with us. He's like, oh, you know, I bought this tablet because I wanted to to be a digital artist and write a comic. But I realized that I actually want to be a DJ. So with the money I'm getting from this, I'm going to like buy a mixing board and become a DJ. And we were like, oh, that's so great. We just realized we want to be comic book artists. And you were like, so. that's that's crazy because we we are DJs and we want to be it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would have been, been awesome. <laughs> oh my god, that was so good. Yeah, no, it's that's yeah, yeah. Like, like you're saying, Kyle, that's just kind of what it is. It was we saved up money for it. I'm like, I gotta do this. And for the first bit, everything I drew was like awful, and it was really <laughs> awful. Yeah, well, thanks. But um, it just yeah, you know, just kept working, working, working. Every day we'd come back from work, even if it was like however many hours, I just draw till as late as I could. So yeah. It's a long answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah, the long and the short of it is uh, we were really unhappy and decided, hey, maybe comics will make us happy and uh, going from there. So, so why Project Divider? <laughs> like, what type of story do you want to tell? Ah, so, so for Project Divider, ultimately, I thought about this answer a lot. I, I think we just want to tell a story that's like riveting, heart-wrenching. It has a romance. It touches on subjects that... Wait, wait, a wait, lot wait, of... wait, wait, wait. You said it has a romance? Oh, there's romance. Bro, you, you've got me. Like, you had me before, but now you're like, there's romance. My, my young shoujo heart is like, yes. That's exactly <laughs> what I want. Yeah, there's and, definitely and romance. Yeah, well, I, you know, I've said to Mitch multiple times, I'm like, no good story doesn't have a romance. You can't write a good story without some form of romance, whether it's like unrequited love or something like that. It's got to be there. People have to fall in love. And so we've got that. We've got heart-wrenching moments. We've got romance. And, you know, when there's enough of it, ultimately, my goal for Project Divider, my hope is that it'll keep you up till something like three or four in the morning and you will have lost track of time reading it. Because those those are the best stories to me when I'm sitting there reading a manga or a book and I'm like, oh, damn, like I get to get two hours of sleep tonight because I just read for seven. Yep. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's all just the hope maybe it can happen. And, you know, if, I think if there's anything that I hope is, I guess, just like anyone who just takes the time to read it, if anyone can like enjoy it in any way, they like the art or they just, you know, they feel connected to a character. And to me, that just really means a lot. So I think just anybody who, if there's any goal I have to tell, it's just something that people can enjoy. And um, yeah, we really don't want to, we don't want to hesitate from kind of like pushing the boundaries of like, you know, um, uh, relationships, like, that's kind of why we've tried to put in many characters in different backgrounds as we want to, you know, show natural relationships. Cause of course in a sci-fi world that doesn't have, you know, sexuality as a thing there, you know, is definitely like intersexual relationships, things like that. And that's not like the focal point, but that's just something we want to try our best to show naturally. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, growing up where we have, it's never really been, it's just never really been a thing that's ever been a, we just kind of see it naturally progress. So we're trying to put that bit of it in it. But um, yeah, we try to talk to a lot of people who we know who are from similar circumstances who, you know, tell us their story and um, tell us kind of like how they feel about stuff. So we try our best. So hopefully people will (laughs) find something they enjoy in it. (laughs) I I will say, uh, I need you to give my baby boy Leo some... uh... <laughs> I, he's I, coming. I, I, he's I, coming. I need him to have like a, a nice little romance. <laughs> he, oh. he will. He oh, he will. My little baby boy. <laughs> he's he has to. I, honestly, I get a lot of messages from people. <laughs> like, I got one a few weeks ago. He's like, the chapter is pretty good, but where's Leo? And I'm like, oh no, he's coming. He's coming. <laughs> Don't worry, he's coming. He yeah, coming. I was like, oh. yeah, I'm just like, I'm waiting for him. I'm like, where is he? 
we've got a lot of fans who are drawing that line being like, hey, when does, you know, blah, blah, blah appear? And we're like, oh, you know, just be patient. They're like, yeah, so when? It's like, I've been patient. I've waited five yeah. minutes. I need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we've... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we kind of took that risk of like posting concept arts and stuff first. Um, but we just wanted to kind of build that world, I guess, with the audience. So that's why we, that's some, I think the really special part about the internet is like we can put a character out there and be like, hey, this is a concept art. What do you think? You know, what what would you like? And people give us great feedbacks and people say, like, hey, I'd like this. I'd like it if maybe tried experimenting with this. And it's really special to be able to hear other people's you know, uh, critiques and stuff like that, because it just makes everything, um, it makes you have a better perspective, I think, mm-hmm. sometimes what people want to hear. So, yeah, no, I feel like I, I'm talking too much. <laughs> I think something that's really interesting, that's, it's been very, like, I want to say strange, but it's not quite that, is just being able to get feedback from the audience and having them be like, hey, what if this character did this? And not that I use the idea, but just thinking like, wow, this person's invested enough that they've they've thought this out more than I have. Like, I didn't think about, you know, Kiefer doing that. Yeah. By the way, I will say Kiefer, like, totally like Xenoblade. Like, he's got those double <laughs> swords. I was like, bro, this dude's from Xenoblade. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a high praise. That's uh, I love Xenoblade. Um, <laughs> certainly, certainly, you can see those influences and in a lot of stuff I draw. I'm a sucker for JRPGs, so a lot of people be like, "Are you influenced by Capcom?" And I'm like, "Why would you say that?" No, you <laughs> yeah. Man fan art. Yeah, the uh, the color is actually the blue was uh, um, influenced by Mega Man. That that's, was that's awesome. That's one of the things that um, yeah, it's been. It's been amazing, like, even just, like, sitting here talking to you now, it's, like, kind of crazy that anyone's actually looked at our page. I'm kind of always surprised, like, wait, people like this? Well, I mean, yeah, you've got, like, let me see, I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna brag here. I mean, you only have, uh, 47.5 thousand followers, so uh, there are a couple people looking at your page. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wow. It's nuts, we just, yeah, we, I never know what to think of it, I'm just saying, that's crazy, I mean... It's never been about the uh, following, I guess. It's always just kind of been like putting it out there. And I'm always constantly surprised when people are like, I like this. I'm like, who, wait, really? Really? You know, I think, <laughs> you know to, just to speak to that, um, when we started on Instagram, I believe it's been about two years now that we started, uh, it, you know, hardly any followers. We put up our first picture of Jasper and Project Divider. And we were immediately greeted by some people who were also posting art and a lot of comics just being, like, incredibly positive with us, sending us DMs, being like, wow, you know, what a great start, keep going, don't stop. And we have also been trying to do that with people who get in touch with us or we see, you know, smaller pages starting out. Not to say that we're, like, big or something, but we we have a following at this point. And I just, it makes me so happy when somebody messages me and says, like, Hey, you know, this inspired me. Do you have any advice for me? And I'm like, just don't stop. That's all it really is. If, you know, we've had posts do really well, we've had posts do really poorly. And through all of that, we've just kept going. And I think that's that's what it is. That's the most important thing. You know, the difference between people who are successful and people who aren't is they just kept trying. Yeah, it's just and, enjoying and, what you and, do. And right? That's what I was going to ask. Like, do you guys have any uh, any words of wisdom or words of encouragement for uh, anybody wanting to start their own comic? I think, like, God, do you mind if I? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. I think, like, um, as somebody who like applied to art school, got rejected, and you know, I was really down on myself for a lot of years. It's just honestly about just keep going it's like public speaking like making an album painting it's just you know it's like fitness anything you do it's just a matter of effort and a matter of um you know keeping yourself motivated and it's really easy when you post on social media to feel kind of down on yourself you're like oh this didn't get thousands of views but just just kind of do it for yourself you know enjoy it have fun with it make something just be proud that like you're doing it because there's no one else who's like you and that's the great part about sharing it with the world is you can have people who like it too so it's yeah i guess my biggest advice would be like just don't stop practice every day you can 
you know, and that's how I think you'll naturally get better. Mm-hmm. Just be concerned with yourself, I guess. Yeah, I had a I had a DM conversation with a follower a little while back who was saying, you know, that they're dealing with being forced to play sports and what they really want to be is an artist. And, and they asked, do you have any advice for me? And I, I went to school for psychology. I have a degree in psychology. And I thought really hard about giving advice. I think it's a dangerous thing. And all I told them in the end was that, you know, uh, after spending so long denying that I wanted to be an artist and I thought, you know, I'm just going to follow the same sort of dream that everybody else has. I'll run a business. I'll get successful. I guess I'll buy a house or something. I, I never stopped to ask myself, is that what I want? Is that really who I want to be? And I think that's probably the most important thing is to have that conversation with yourself and really, you know, think, what am I passionate about and why am I not doing what I'm passionate about? I mean, I'm sure Josh, you had a similar conversation with yourself when you started your podcast. Yeah. That, I was, I was just about to go there. Like I, it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, uh, God, this will be our third year. So it was probably about four years ago. I was sitting in like, it was my birthday <clears throat> and I was like, yeah, this, this was great. And I'm like, I've not done anything. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything that I enjoy doing. So I started <laughs> the podcast um, I'm like, I've always liked animation. I've always liked voice acting and acting. So let's go become a voice actor. And I've made strides. I'm, I'm moving to LA with other voice actors. We're going to try and get our start there. So it's like, I'm, I'm doing what I want. I mean, I could fail miserably, but at least I can go and say, you know what? I tried, I did it Yeah. and I will be content with myself. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's yeah, exactly, that's exactly what Mitch would say. He's like, you know, the important thing isn't whether or not we do well. The important thing is that we can look back at it and go like, man, at least we tried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was a quote from I don't I don't know who said it. I don't want to I want to say Will Smith and maybe I'm wrong. But I think it was just as simple as like, it's better to fail quickly. And I think that's something that is good, because when you put yourself out there, you know, you put all this passion and everything, throw it out there, and maybe it really hurts. No one likes it. But now it's like, well, I got that out there. Now I can move on to the next thing. Now mm-hmm. I can keep trying. And it's really hard to to feel that. You know, like Kyle and I are still learning. We're still growing. We still have a lot to learn and put out. Um, but it's just the aspect of, like, going forward. And I think, like, what you're doing with your podcast and like, going with your voice acting like that's so awesome man like that's so cool i think it's just like i think it's so positive to follow your dreams and Mm -hmm. to try out that kind of stuff because it's so easy to say no right it's so easy like no yeah because you guys could just (laughs) be like you know what yeah we'll just we'll just continue the carpentry we don't have to do anything else we'll just you know do this but obviously you guys didn't and you've got a you got a dope little comic (laughs) i only say (laughs) little because i mean there's only like there's only a bit chapters now yeah yeah we, we we got several people being like hey man i love this i'll have to wait another few years for the next one and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> no it's coming i promise oh man so what would you say to somebody who's thinking about throwing in the towel going forward with your dreams and like everyone's on a different path right mm-hmm. like every everyone's just kind of doing something and there's a lot of amazing companies out there, a lot of great people. And uh, it's just important about, you know, doing what's right for you, right? There's no right way. And I think that's the beauty of pursuing stuff is just, uh, yeah, just do it for yourself, right? So, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's really great advice. Just, just, yeah. just it's, it's like Nike, just do it. <laughs> they've been it's saying sad. it for like 80 years exactly. however old Nike yeah. is <laughs> yeah it sounds dumb I know when you hear it but like that's the beauty of it right you just you just have to go forward and do it and have fun with it and um, you just have to push yourself to do it and that's kind of the tough part when you think about it because you're like well it's easier said than done but um, yeah I mean we all have our fair share like I have my days where I wake up and I'm like I don't want to draw I hate everything I draw but <laughs> Um, yeah, it's good just to push yourself if you can, even just an hour, you know, if you're doing, I don't know, music or voice out, just like an hour of 
screaming or something. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of like just doing your vocal exercise and be like, all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna work on Scottish accents today, and just like, <laughs> all right, so get on the YouTube, find some good Scottish accents. You're like, all right, we're gonna try Scottish, and just kind of just work on it and workshop it and. Yep. Then at the end of the day, you listen to the recordings and you're like, hmm, that somehow sounds Irish. I don't know what happened. It got, it got really weird. <laughs> you know, I uh, on a little bit of a tangent, I used to run a writing club when I was in college because my college didn't have one. And originally we had like over 100 people sign up. And I was like, oh, man, I expected like five people. Uh, how do I facilitate this? And most of the people didn't show up. I might have had maybe 20 people come to workshops. And I look back on some of the stuff I wrote then. A lot of it was poetry, but just I'm like, wow, that is just awful. I can't <laughs> believe I was like showing this to people. <laughs> you know, but it's important, <laughs> important to do that and to have a record of it. And at least you can look back and then you can improve. You started. So, like, if it's bad, whatever. If it's great, then you keep going. Exactly. Yeah, you just keep having fun, and um, yeah, it's you know it's just hard when you do anything creative because it's hard to like motivate yourself. But it's a great way to it's a great way to learn more about yourself, I guess. Oh, definitely, um, definitely. Yeah, especially with like you know anything you do. So yeah, it's definitely been a trip so far. It's been really really fun. <laughs> nice. And where can everybody uh, read Project Divider? Yeah, so right now it's on Webtoon. Um, you can read the first chapter, and we're going to be putting it up, we hope, every two weeks, every month. Um, and we also have the full um, kind of like manga version of it. If anyone's interested, we have that on our Patreon. But um, otherwise, it comes out every month for free. Hopefully every two weeks, if we can get faster. That's the hope. Try it. <laughs> but, um, you can find us on Instagram, Webtoon, and Patreon, all under the name Project Divider. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, and we will put those in the show notes. So all you have to do is you can click on each of those links and it'll take you directly to like the Instagram, to Webtoon and to the Patreon. So if you guys want to support, go in, click that Patreon, get that support. Um, what about you guys individually? Where can everybody find you? If, if you do the social medias individually. Not really. We can't just have Project Divider. Yeah, we're just, we're just Project we have a, Divider. We have a Twitter, which I don't use enough, which is just Twitter at Project Divider. So um, other than that, just Instagram, Twitter, and Webtoon. Perfect. See, that's that's better for me because that's less links that I have to insert later. So <laughs> yeah, that, that works for me. Oh, yeah. And, and so as a shameless plug, if anybody who's listening is interested, if you become a patron at any of our tiers, you do get a code to our Discord server and you can come chat with us. We're only doing text chat right now, trying to work oh. out getting everything else. But it'd be great to connect with you and, you know, have a conversation. The shameless plug. <laughs> the, the, the whole reason that we got you guys to promote that Patreon. <laughs> The shamelessness. But uh no, thank you so much for having us, Josh. This has been really awesome. You're you're super cool. I mean it's oh, been thanks. great. You've not met me in person, so yeah. <laughs> no, I, I could already feel it. Oh, <laughs> we have a strong bond. <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll be in Japan soon. So yeah, we'll yeah. we'll make it happen. Yeah. And to say as well, thanks so much. This has been a lot of fun. I'm really glad we had the chance to connect. And uh, who knows, maybe we will make an appearance on that Gundam Wing episode in November. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be awesome. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will be there. It's not a big Gundam Wing fan well, as I am. No, I, I love it. I love it. No, that's fine. No, I'll, just, I'll just have Kyle. Yeah, you can Mitch and you know, no. he, can, he, he can go uh, spin. I don't care. We'll just be us. Um, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast, Twitter at Animate Podcast. We have a Facebook and Tumblr Animation Station Podcast. Uh, do do those with you know with what you will. I, I don't know. You can you can follow them. You can whatever. They're just there so we could say that we have them. Um, Go follow all, them. Uh, you know, uh, sure. Uh, you can uh, find all of our podcast episodes, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, anywhere that you can download a podcast, and on our website, animationstationpodcast.com. Again, Mitch Kyle, thanks so much for coming on, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, no problem at all. So for the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm Mitch. I'm Kyle. I'm Mitch. I'm Kyle. <laughs> That's Mitch. See, we had a much worse outro than your intro. Uh, no, I don't think you can. That, that outro is pretty bad. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I, I I will like probably my favorite one was uh, Joshua Seth who was Ty on Digimon because I love Digimon and I loved Ty, oh yeah and getting to talk yeah. with him I was like all right my my little boy fantasy came true <laughs> oh I don't know if it was the same for you but when we were younger when the Digimon movie came out um, oh, we man. saw it so many times in theaters it was just it was unhealthy our parents are like you need to yeah. stop going here if it's like but I need this shiny card. Oh, I'm glad you brought those cards. I was about to ask, like, did they have the cards when you guys oh, went? Oh, yeah. It was, it was so cool, too, because we, we begged our parents to go to the movies so often. It was the first movie I was allowed to just go to with Mitch because my parents got yep. so sick Same. of that watching was, Digimon. That was the first movie that I was able to see with myself. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, with my friends. No parents. Yeah, exactly. It was just Digimon. Just Digimon. Yeah. I had so many shiny Digimon cards from that movie. Yeah. Well, like eight, but still. I think as a parent, you see the content, and you're like, okay, this should be fun. <laughs> handle this one. <laughs> I, I, I think I had, I think I ended up getting like five Ratchet Mons and like three Diaboro Mons. And I, cause I, I could never get the Omnimon or the Wargreymon or anything like that. I would just always get Ratchet Mon and Diaboro Mon. I'm just like, man, if I could get, you know, just something else. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, because where we grew up was, like, kind of a small town at that point. We were able to choose the cards, so I got one of every one. I was pretty lucky. That's cool. I didn't. He took mine. I did. Mm -hmm. I I was like, oh, no, they didn't give you a card. Sorry. Sorry, little bro.